Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Welcome Home Podcast. Over here, we'll be talking all things property from renovations to mortgages, all the way to interiors and dressing a home. Now, I'm here to learn just as much as you are, so I am so excited for our interviewing and expert episodes where we're gonna be interviewing estate agents, mortgage advisors, all the way to interior designers. Today, we'll be talking to Ellie Papa. She is a mortgage broker, and to be honest, she's the only person that's ever really made talking mortgages interesting interesting for me. So she's of course regulated by the FCA to discuss and advise on mortgages and I just thought she was the perfect person to talk to today. So Ellie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now it's, I've really wanted to have this mortgage conversation because obviously it comes, you know, hand in hand with you getting a house, you're more than likely going to be getting a mortgage. And I haven't actually spoken to anyone besides you that's actually made me interested in mortgages. So I thought you were the perfect person to discuss this with today. But before we get into it, I would love it if you kind of explain what your role is as a mortgage broker. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much for the flattery. I really appreciate it. Um, there are definitely much better advisors out there than me, but I'm also up there, so don't worry. Um, So my role, uh, I am a mortgage and protection consultant. So I advise on mortgages. Uh, I write them as well, of course. And um, with protection, that's kind of the insurances. So that's the the home insurance, the contents insurance as well. Um, But most importantly, uh, your life, uh, critical illness insurance and income protection as well. So I carry uh, a cover a whole umbrella, a whole range of products. Um, And I work with so, so many lenders uh, who can give these mortgages for some beautiful homes across the whole of the UK. Amazing. So I feel like with anything, we should start right at the beginning. I'm sure sure like most people who are listening will know the answer to this question, but we've got to start somewhere. So what is a mortgage? Okay, of course, ground zero. So with a mortgage, (laughs) it is... (laughs) It's a loan. Um, it's taken out to, well, it's a loan taken out from a lender, of course. Uh, nine times out of yeah. ten, it will be a bank who will uh, sort of fund it or a building society. Uh, and this will assist you in buying property or land. Perfect. So when it comes to getting a mortgage, I think if you're kind of not educated in this, I know for me personally, when I went to get my mortgage, the first thing I did was go to my mum. And I was like, so what do I do? Because it's not something we know about. So say say I'm a first-time buyer and I'm going to apply for a mortgage. What different types of mortgages am I going to come across? Okay, so, I mean, makes sense. I mean, even myself, when I first got my home, I went to my dad, you know? So <laughs> before, yeah. I mean, I've done all these mortgages, but when I actually came to do it myself, you're like, oh gosh, now it's me in the hot seat, you know? And <laughs> Writing one is very different to getting one. It's a it's the horrible okay. horrible uh, contrast, but it's it's good. Yeah. It's uh, especially as a first time buyer as well, and that is the most exciting part. And um, yes. the most important part is to understand that this is going to be, or one of, if not the, uh, biggest financial transaction of your entire life. So wow. it's all exciting. Don't get me wrong. When you want to speak to mum and dad and mum or dad, whoever. Uh, or your friends, or maybe some colleagues, or maybe even your boss, someone who is in a position Mm. where they have taken it out before and they are a little bit scared, but the best person always to go to is an advisor. And whether that is in a bank or in an estate agent or a private or 
kind of a, a family friend one, whoever. Uh, but they will answer the questions that need to be answered and answer them accurately as well. Because uh, the worst thing is, is when you get a case of, I don't know, the, the whispers and uh, yes. someone says, oh, no, you should go for this type of mortgage. But that's because they had bad credit and uh, not enough deposit, you know? Yeah, no, I tend to find people are very, no, they're very opinionated, aren't they? Because when I was getting my first mortgage, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that people would ask, you know, have you got your mortgage in principle? They'd be like, so what are you going for? And it's like, oh, what what do you mean by that? That that, that question feels loaded. Yeah, it is very loaded because there's so many things that come with it. There's, number one, there's what kind of mortgage. So you get a, a capital repayment, which is where you are physically, you have the loan and you are repaying it over a period of time. It's my very fancy graph that I have. There. <laughs> um, and then we have interest only, which is more for, um, well, it's more for investments and uh, people who yeah. have, kind of as a minimum, generally as a minimum, 25% deposit. Um, but you're okay. paying on the interest only. So you'll never pay off the loan. So it will always stay there, again, with the mm. graphs. <laughs> um, but essentially, there's that, first of all. Those are the two types of mortgage. Uh, then you've yes. also got the interest rate and how long you're going to fix it in full. And if you're going to fix it at all, because with interest yeah. rates, um, it is most common uh, nine times out of ten, you do find that you do want to fix the interest rates, especially at the moment. Uh, yeah. Economically, the the climate is at an all time low, or it has mm. been ever since, of course, coronavirus. Yes, and um, and it has definitely been the time to lock those interest rates in because they are so so low. I've seen them yes. as low as zero point eight eight percent, and that is that's unheard of. It's generationally unheard of. Yes, um, but then we also have some people who don't want to fix them in because. I don't know whether they like a gamble or whether they, uh, they you just never just know. Just a bit of fun. Yeah. They like <laughs> to live on the edge. <laughs> um, but sometimes it does pay off because uh, people previously may have, um, I mean, kind of post uh, credit crunch time, rates would have yes. been extortionate. Um, well, kind of building up as it were. But um, yes. with those rates, people might have then had to remortgage, locked in those rates, and now they're still in those rates because they fixed it in for say 10 years you know yeah so yes that's why some people do that um but there's so so many different ways of kind of looking at your interest rate and whether you're going to fix it in for those two years a three year five or maybe even a 10 year it's entirely up to you and then okay. of course we also have the term but we're yes. getting into it we're getting into it let's we'll go step by step I like, I'm like, how do we kind of get into this without everyone listening being like, whoa, because it is a bit whoa, isn't it? There was there was a lot of things when I got my mortgage that I didn't really consider. And a lot of, I obviously started talking to people about it. And, you know, some people had to go and get doctor's notes from their doctor. And it's all the kind of like, um, the life insurance and things like that, that no one tells you about that are things that I didn't even consider but I guess for kind of first time buyer first time person looking for a mortgage what do you kind of need to pull together document wise to then go to say an advisor or someone to kind of you know first steps okay so with documents um every advisor is different generally I myself have started asking for people for just the one payslip because I found that with a lot of my clients three payslips, three bank statements, 
and the proof of deposit and your IDs and this and that, they just want to chat to me at that point. You know, they just want to know, can I even get a mortgage? So asking for that documentation on the first initial appointment, it's a bit unfair um, for my client. So I now ask for one payslip and one bank statement. The bank statement allows your advisor to have a look at direct debits. So those are your committed expenditure each month. Mm -hmm. And they can also have a look at any, I don't know, red flags, like what's going on here? Why are you at a gambling shop every week? Oh, gosh. Because I don't know. I mean, lenders do look out for these things because if why would you loan all of this money to someone who is going to blow it on Chelsea versus Juventus you know like you never know Absolutely. so yeah we'll see but um we look at that for direct debits uh, we look at car so it essentially just allows us to pick up the, the balances at the end the the savings that you might have in the background um yeah. but it allows us to kind of dig into it and then on the second appointment we'll go through it on a, a much more refined basis we'll ask for the full balance outstanding on the car that sort of thing yeah Uh, and then with pay slips if you're if you just kind of have a basic pay each month um Mm -hmm. then to be honest it makes sense just to have the one you don't need to show us that there are two others in the background as long as you've been there for a a reasonable amount of time some lenders accept three months some lenders accept six some lenders need you to be there for a year but it is a lender to lender that's the main thing um however with like self-employed um I wouldn't want anyone self-employed to miss out. So I would always ask for sort of minimum three, if possible, if not two is fine. Um, Yes. It is a bit of a stretch, but we can look at one, but ideally we would have two or three. Okay. And just to give them the best possible chance with getting the the right amount of money for the house that they want. Yes. Um, And likewise with people who are commission-based or bonus-based or overtime-based. And again, they are all calculated in different ways, but if they've got three months where that overtime is a lot better in two months ago, rather than maybe this month, they just took a kind of an an off-key dip, um, then we would look at all three to make it fair and average those out. Okay, amazing. So when it comes to kind of actually the mortgage itself, affordability and all things like that, well, I guess what I should really ask is at what point should be people be coming to you for a mortgage? Should it be when they found a house? Should it be when they're at the start of their journey and they're trying to figure out what they want to, you know, at what point? Okay, so as soon as you are thinking of buying a home, speak to an advisor Think, speak to an advisor from um, kind of a brokerage because it allows you to look at all of the deals that are available. Whereas if you go to your bank, I mean, previously, I know that we are kind of, I'm going on a tangent here again because that's who go I am. Sorry, Emily. But um, you mentioned previously, like, who do you go to yeah. uh, when you want to get a mortgage? You go to your mum and dad. And then mm-hmm. after that, you kind of have two choices. You're going to go to either a broker and advisor that you know, or more commonly, your bank. Exactly. That's who, that's who know your money. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So, with going to your bank, there are pros in the sense of they have all your documents already. They know exactly what you can get. And to be honest, I don't know about you, but with my bank, they sometimes offer me uh, deals or tell me what I could get. They do the same with credit cards and, and what have you, but they do mm. often tell you what it is exactly that you can get in the background. Um, however, with your set and uh, particular bank, they will only tell you what they can offer. 
and what deals they have. Whereas when you go to a broker or an advisor in a brokerage or what have you, they can go to the likes of NatWest, they can go to the likes of Nationwide, HSBC, uh, Leeds, the smaller building societies. um, They can even go to some more niche ones if you've got some there kind of specific criterias and that's fine um but it just allows you to number one saves your time because all you do you you would give your stuff to me give your documents to me I do all the background research and I just do the one credit search on you as soon as I know that that bank is happy with your affordability Mm -hmm. if you go to each bank you are going to rack up all these different credit searches and it's going to go against your file eventually okay so for everyone listening essentially as soon as possible then as soon as you decide you want to start looking for property that is when you reach out absolutely because if you start going to an estate agents and say right here's my number one estate agents nowadays especially post-covid because they were quite strict on um who could view they'd want that agreement in principle because how do they know that you're financially qualified enough to buy that 1.5 million house 20 exactly. year old Lucy <laughs> so you don't know um but going to yeah. an advisor it gives you it makes you what's called what's kind of known in our world as a power buyer and it puts you at the front of the queue first yes. and foremost because you have got that financial backing from someone regulated by the SCA and mm-hmm. you know that you've got an agreement in principle the mortgage that is agreed in principle which makes you an attractive buyer to sellers and it makes you an attractive buyer to the estate agents that are going to get a commission. So you're going to get to the front of the queue if you have an agreement in principle versus someone who doesn't. And then I've got to ask, how many people come to you and go, so I found a house, help me? Okay, so obviously when my my existing clients tell me, oh, I found a house, how exciting. I'm over the moon. I'm buzzing everything off. I'm not going to, I'm not going to swear on here, but... (laughs) Um, we can bleep it it's fine okay. <laughs> you just like pretend like I'm swearing loads him <laughs> imagine I'm not gonna mug you off <laughs> anyway anyway so what was the question <laughs> the question was how often do you get people coming to you and going so I found a house um I need a mortgage okay so very exciting when my existing client clients come to me obviously I'm over the moon I'm thrilled I'm buzzing everything off right everything okay so that's all good however when a client of mine who I'm sort of in the initial stages with or perhaps it was only a query or perhaps it was a six month ago chat that I had with them and they were very very early stages I did a little bit of work for them and they said okay well I've got x amount of time that I need to be saving up so I've sort of set out a roadmap for them Uh, here's where you need to be in order to get the minimum deposit that sort of thing Um, and then turns out mum and dad are happy to gift them they haven't told me and instead they've gone and found without the agreement in principle I mean how that's happened I don't know and I want to speak to that estate agent's branch manager but that's fine (laughs) fine. you let them in the house right no problem but um it just look at the end of the day it's good I love a rush I love the thrill of it all mortgages and the thrill but um it's it's tighter it's definitely a lot tighter and it's a lot more 
because I've got to get your agreement in principle while you're at work as well. You've got a life outside of me, heaven forbid. Um, And then I've got to go to the bank. I've got to agree (laughs) it with them. That could take a little bit. So I guess essentially there is more room for disappointment if you're going to do that. If we're being realistic, if you want, if you like want to have the smoothest possible house buying experience, you got to do things in the right order. It just means for a bumpier ride is all. And we all love the thrill. We all love it excitement um but it just means that you're a bit more uh, time restricted you're going to have pressure from the estate agent who need your agreement in principle they're going to have the seller pressuring them as well so there's going to be more Uh, you're also going to feel sort of uh, pressure from work or your day-to-day activities because you're going to have to set time aside to speak with me so that I can go away and do the work I then need to come back to you and ask you further questions and it just makes a sort of a couple of days worth of work, ideally, mostly for your schedule, just so you don't feel overwhelmed and you have time to sort of take it all in. Um, yeah. But it, like, like we say, it's just a, a much bumpier ride, definitely, to say the least. Yeah, and I guess they say, <laughs> I can imagine, because they say, don't they, that like moving house, getting married, getting divorced are some of the most uh, stressful experiences you'll ever have in your life so why would you want to make that more stressful than it already is like we said earlier it's the it's the biggest financial transaction you always remember um the the day that you got your first house so let's make it a nice experience you know let's not make it exactly oh my gosh thank god that's over you know it's it's nice when you come back for your remortgage you're not thinking oh my god i've got to speak to Ellie again (laughs) yeah yeah we want to keep it positive we'll keep it light so when it comes to kind of you know, we, we've, we've gotten to that point, we've figured out that, okay, before we find the house, we need the mortgage in principle. So how do people know what they can afford? So, linking it back to the documents tool. So I have um, clients nine times out of 10 who, uh, they go online and yes. they will look on the right move calculator or they'll okay. look on uh, like on an art online sort of, oh, here's what I can get. Um, and they'll just take it as gospel. Um, With the documents that advisors get, there is a reason we ask for them because, again, with brokers, they can go to such a vast panel of of lenders available, and some lenders will take your, let's say, I mean, I keep it low to keep it very easy, but let's say you earn 10 grand a year, okay? Right. That's fine. If you, that's fine. Okay. Let's move on from the number. Yeah. But 10 grand at nine times out of 10, that uh, basic salary a year will be yeah. kind of multiplied on four and a half on average uh, of, of an income multiple. Okay. Okay. Um, however, if you sort of go into X threshold, so say you're bumped up to 30 or whatever, however much yes. a year, uh, they then might take it and multiply it by five and a half times your income multiple. So, it really, really does depend on, number one, how much money you earn, but also, yes. moreover, how much deposit you have. And I'm sure we'll go into Absolutely. deposits in a moment, um, yes. but with the amount of deposit you have, it's called the sort of loan to value of the property. Okay, so say you have a, a 5% deposit available, that makes yes. that means that you have a 95% loan to value, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, with perhaps in that 95 percent loan to value it might mean that the lender is only willing to sort of loan you x percent because you're already loaning uh, lending no borrowing 
<laughs> that's the word <laughs> borrowing <laughs> got it so much from them whereas if yes. you are say doing a 20 percent deposit uh, you've been a really really keen saver you're you're doing us all proud or mum and dad have helped you which is more than okay um it might mean that they're happy to give you a bit more because you're not actually borrowing as much it's yeah. all it's all it's so different it, it's so yeah. scenario based and situational but um that's sort of the gist of it there yeah Okay. Yeah. So super personal then. So it is really hard to actually go onto an online calculator and actually take anything from it. It is just a ballpark. Yeah. I mean, it will give you a good idea. It will give you a a base to start with. But if you're disappointed, if you're disappointed with it, go to a breaker. Yes. If you have a loan in the background and you're like, oh my gosh, this has really affected me, mm-hmm. go to your broker. Yes. And that's it. Right. Just go to your broker. Okay. Go to your broker. That's, I feel like that's going to be the common thread throughout this podcast. Okay. So let's, let's talk deposits. So first time buyer, you know, what, what should they be thinking deposit wise? Okay. So deposit wise, it's always best to sort of put in as much as you can okay and that's not me yes. saying that, that that's not a sponsored sentence there or nothing like that um <laughs> but it's just genuinely because the more money of your your own that you put in the less you have to borrow the less interest you're going to pay the the le- less you're going to pay overall you know you want to yes. pay as little as possible for the amount that you are borrowing um and that's sort of my mm-hmm. job to do because if you have got say a 10 percent uh, but you only want to put in five, you, you've got to sort of yes. try and think, well, this is, number one, the interest is going to be different because um, interest rates are generally sort of uh, based against 5% increments. So 5%, you'll have X amount of interest rates available, which might be, say, in the 800 mark, 800 pound a month mark. Um, yes. But if you put in 10%, you might then be looking at the 2% mark for interest rates. It, it's such a, such a difference. And You've got to look yeah. at your, your monthly budget. That's what we'll do again. Um, but savings-wise, if you are desperate to get on the ladder and you you want to really get stuck in, there is a brilliant, yeah. brilliant scheme at the moment uh, that the government are offering. It's called the Mortgage Guarantee yes. Scheme or kind of colloquially known as 5% Deposits. Um, okay. Essentially, it just allows uh, you to only have to have a 5% deposit. That's what it says on the tin. Would you believe it? But it just means, um, essentially, properties up to 600K, which is a pretty, pretty good, generous amount for a first-time buyer. Um, It just means that you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're able to um, mortgage on that sort of property price as a maximum. Um, It must be residential because, of course, previously I mentioned with investment properties or buy-to-lets, they generally have a 25% minimum. Um, yes. And it's really good because, to be honest, there's actually no differentiation between uh, whether it's your first home, new home, or a used home. So even if it's like a second property, oh, um, wow. you, you are able to um, use it on all types of property, of course, bar, uh, well, unless it is a buyer to let. Um, and it's kind of been going on uh, since this year's April, so April 2021. And it's actually going up until December 2022. So there's still loads and loads of time to use it. It is one of my um, 
more favorite things that have come out of uh, last year I guess yes yeah um, or the budget I suppose but um, of course the main thing is is that you you've got to meet the standard requirements for the lender assessments i.e. Right. The, the credit checks and the uh, the loan to income the stress test that sort of thing yes. but to be honest it is an amazing way to get on the ladder without having to to wait extra because you're going to be waiting a while the difference between five yeah. percent and ten percent sometimes it's not extortionate sometimes it really is and mm. um it's it is it does make that difference of getting on the ladder that little bit quicker yeah yeah, and I think I think that's amazing because I think definitely for people now, like getting on the property ladder is harder than it's ever been, and it's just yeah, it's that's amazing that that is a thing right now. And if anyone listening, if you're kind of here looking for you know looking to learn because it's something that's coming up in your life, definitely take a look. So I guess with that, we haven't really touched on kind of shared ownership or anything, have we? another podcast in itself Emily let me tell you now uh, but well, I mean, we have we have shared ownership <laughs> yeah we have that we have um help to buy that I know a lot of you guys are going to ask about but I guess we should probably briefly we'll briefly touch on them if you guys listening want that more in detail drop a line over on Instagram and we can absolutely talk about that because I know so many people that have used help to buy so it could be a good one but yeah please Ellie fill us in amazing like you say and uh again another great assistance tool that sort of the government are offering at the moment for uh, first-time buyers or even people who just want to get on the ladder but don't have um or maybe are even single people and Mm -hmm. uh, don't have the income that two applicants might be able to sort of add together to get a larger mortgage um yes but let's go into shared ownership first yeah so Share ownership is essentially when you're buying a share of a property. So let's say, again, here I am with my tens and hundreds of whatever. I keep it very simple. I'm not going to go 38.5K, okay? Well, I Whatever think we'll all get was. really confused very quickly. <laughs> um, but essentially, let's say you've got 100K uh, property, right? Right. And yes. 50% of that is owned by the, the housing association or okay. someone else, the freehold owner, perhaps, if you're buying a flat. Let's just say mm-hmm. that this 50% is not available, but the flat is, and it's 100K. With the okay. remaining 50K that is left on it, that is what you are able to essentially mortgage in order to purchase um, right. and get on the property ladder. So that 50K might be a bit more approachable for someone. So say if you even do a 10%, you're looking at only five grand, really. Or if you're looking at 5%, again, on a shared ownership, which you are able to do, it's two and a half K, you know? And don't get me wrong, area dependent, housing association dependent, everything dependent, all of this. But it just means that you might be able to get on the property ladder potentially a lot quicker Uh, And also, it just means that you don't need to meet someone to get a house. You know, (laughs) we're all about independence out here. Do you know what? I didn't even think about that to talk about today. But that is such a huge thing that actually we don't really talk about when it comes to mortgages and being a single person getting a mortgage. I think that is definitely something that we should go into more. But yeah, no, that's awesome that this allows people to, you know, get a house on your own. You do not need... You're the half. Half. You don't need no half. You are whole. You are one whole, honey. 
Okay, cool. <laughs> so, uh, but look, I mean, even if you, even with that, that 50% that you've got, um, number one, it gets you on the property ladder quicker. Okay, first and foremost. Absolutely. Number yes. two, it also gets you in good stead for perhaps the next property, you know, with the equity, that sort of thing. We'll touch on yeah. that, don't worry. Um, or even if you're looking to staircase and staircasing is when you would say buy more shares. So when you're ready to perhaps okay. put more money in or a little bit more income you've got coming in um, and you're able to sort of account for it on a, on a month-to-month basis with payslips and documents yeah. previously mentioned, um, you potentially might have the option to staircase. Again, lender dependent. <laughs> right. Okay. I feel like that sums up shared ownership actually really well. Thank you. Yeah. No, th- thank you, Ali. That was really, really good. <laughs> so, so, okay. And then help to buy. Okay. So with help to buy, uh, again, another amazing sort of product or scheme that the, the government have come up with for uh, first time buyers. This is a strict first time buyer uh, allowance yes. only. Um, what the government are sort of offering is there's, there's 25% that will be put into a property. Okay. okay. And 5% needs to come from yourself and mm-hmm. the government will give the remaining 20% of that okay. deposit. However, if you have, say, 10% available, they can then put 15% in. And it's no problem at all. Um, of course, as we mentioned previously, the more money you put in, the better interest rate you're going to have and, and what have you. Um, but what the main thing is that you need to know with help to buy is that you need to register uh, yourself with them. I can help you up until the point of application. We could submit it, um, but you must register them with yourself because it is a government scheme and I, or no broker, Ooh, no broker. I nor any other broker are able to um, sort of register on your behalf. Um, okay. I can, we are able to discuss on your account, but you need to add us. It's like if you call up uh, your finance or your, your telephone bill or your, uh, I don't know, even your doctors, I don't know how they work, but you know, when you've got to add the party on, it would be yes. like that, for example. Okay. Um, and I've done that for previous clients and it has worked because I do, when you are paying for a service or when you're kind of expecting a broker to do your, your mortgage, I, I do, I personally undertake it as part of the service that I provide. Um, other brokers might ask okay. you to, to sort it yourself. Um, another thing that I would also note, and this is probably something that, they will tell you and they will discuss with you, but it's something that needs to be so highlighted because I've had clients of mine um, come to me and they're so excited to get their next home. So not necessarily their first home, um, okay. but it's actually their, their, their onward purchase, right? And they're okay, selling yes. this, this previous one that they've managed to buy with uh, help to buy and they're, they're so excited and they're like, Ellie, get me that new house. I want to be in that new house. So it's and, time. Yeah. <laughs> We're having children. We're moving. I want a new office. I want a guitar room. I don't know. You'd be surprised what people do with their homes. But <laughs> the main thing is uh, that you need to be aware of is if you borrow that 20%, and let's say again, your house is worth 100K, right? So you've borrowed 20,000, right? Right. And let's say you're the property, the property market's gone crazy. It's like Corona. I mean, everything's going up at the minute and I expect yeah. it to go up and up. I, obviously, I, I can't say whether it will or won't, but that's my sort of general opinion up until X time. Yes. Um, but let's say your house has gone from 100K to mm-hmm. 200K. 
right. you upon sale need to actually pay back 40,000 rather than the 20 you borrowed because you borrowed a percentage not an amount so right does that make sense have I made that clear yes I think you've made it clear and it's all it's it's also a very hard-hitting fact that if you weren't particularly yeah like if you weren't aware of it when you signed up because I mean I know for me and the people that are around me in my life help to buy is a very normal thing and the majority of people that I know that have recently gotten on the property ladder have used the help to buy scheme and I I spoke to one of them uh recently who was as you say ready to move on to the next step and they were like yeah you'll never guess like we weren't aware of this and this is what we've been dealing with for the last few months because it's not straightforward but it also got them on the property ladder so it's it's one of those like swings and roundabouts kind of thing definitely yeah it's um it's hard because some of my clients i mean i bless them i had a um i had a couple uh, and they were so excited because they were like, okay. our house has doubled in price. We're over the moon. We're looking back with so much money. We're going to do this oh, on holiday. No. We're gonna... And I, I was sat there and I was thinking, right, okay, how do I say this? Because it's like, oh, yeah. But as an advisor, you do have to have these difficult conversations sometimes. And yeah. I hate popping balloons, but sometimes you've got to have the needle, you know? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's because if their property had doubled in value, that's like a lot. That's a big percentage. Wow. Okay. I mean, look, more than anything, it's just something to be aware of, isn't it? Because it is an incredible scheme. It, if it can get you on the property ladder, it's definitely worth some, like looking into. Um, so I guess something that, I mean, we, we briefly spoke about what you do as a broker. And I guess throughout this conversation, you've kind of made it really clear, like where you support people. Because I guess if you went to a bank, you actually wouldn't have any of this. You'd provide all the documents. They'd give you back some options and they go, there you go, pick really and that's a completely different experience to getting I guess you hold people's hands through it if that's how we're gonna put it and that's that's like a little little... (laughs) and for a first-time buyer I think that's amazing but so something that I feel like I would love to kind of touch on is kind of like the roadmap to the mortgage kind of impacts on your kind of income and things kind of outgoings that are then going to impact your ability to get a mortgage so I guess um car loans credit cards like where do we stand with that just as a general obviously I appreciate it's very different for every single person but just kind of best practices yeah uh, absolutely I mean kind of touching on the the documents previously we we would look at your outgoings so we would have a look at the direct debits and this nine times out of ten um says exactly what your commitments are each month but also will give us an indication of perhaps any loans because also it does have a name next to it so say there's x finance and in the in the yeah. notes section and it's a direct debit we would then be able to pick it up okay. ask what this say 100 pound is each month coming out of your bank account and say right yeah. well if it is a loan what's outstanding in the background we would then have to put it through sort of um the well the works you know and work it all out and and make sure that it does fit in with the um with the affordability yeah <laughs> would you believe um <laughs> but it's uh, worse do you know, I know. When, when you have to think about what you're saying it's so hard to say it it's really strange anyway sorry carry on I'm we're following we're following so with um with the documents kind of as mentioned previously 
um, you will see sort of the direct debits that come out each each month and they will have notes next to it. They might say uh, X finance on there. It might say whatever, whatever you get up to each month. That's absolutely fine. But if we can see that it has um, some sort of finance, to be honest, nine times out of 10, I actually Google it. Uh, if it's not something that I sort of understand straight away, uh, okay. sometimes there are different financiers out there that that might be loaning or lending or what have you um but with these they do come off the amount um that you are able to be um loaned when you're looking to get take out a mortgage so uh, and then of course unless um you are looking in which case that's absolutely fine but you must make sure you do because um it's always best not to put a fast one over on the uh, people that are lending you the money i yeah let's be respectful here yeah um so with mortgages and with kind of being in i guess what i want to ask is how can you be in the best place possible to apply for a mortgage so when we're talking loans and things like that like you you hear things kind of online with people saying that they applied for a mortgage and it was going through and they decided to buy a new car and they got a car loan during the process of applying for a mortgage and it just killed their mortgage broker and they were like what are you doing so yeah what what are kind of best practices when it so you've decided you want to apply for a mortgage you know what should and shouldn't you really be doing um well, every time a client of a, an advisor's um, takes out a loan mid-mortgage process, a fairy dies, okay? <laughs> a fairy in the world dies because, honestly, oh you have got that mortgage agreed in principle, yeah, principle, based off of your current situation. Um, right. And it's quite important to talk about that because there, there are a few mm. things sort of relating to it number one we have the loans and then number two we actually also have your your pay slips because right. if for whatever reason touching on the uh, commission overtime uh, based sort of clients if for yeah. whatever reason you take a quite a significant dip on your overtime and the process has slowed down or perhaps you've got your agreement in principle but it's taking you a little bit longer than expected and then you've gone over a month and then right now your income has decreased, which means then your loan, your sort of agreed, well, the agreed amount that you are able to be loaned in principle will also be changed upon application. So it's, there's a lot of things that you need to be wary about, but the main thing is you've got to keep as steady and as loan free and as poor credit free as possible during yeah. the time. I mean, during, throughout your life, please do that. Like, let's not be <laughs> Let's keep yeah. it real. But, but um, best behaviour. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like arms crossed. Yeah. When you're in assembly, arms crossed. Yeah, that. Okay. I feel like that makes total sense. I mean, whenever I hear anything about mortgages on the line, it's usually the horror stories, which I guess is really frustrating because it's not something we learn about at school. It's something that we... I, I tend to find we uh, figure out on our own kind of during the process so it's not like we have the time to sit and learn about everything and then we apply for mortgages you kind of figure it out along the way which is really difficult I guess but I think what something that say if I was like a first-time buyer now looking to apply for a mortgage I I think I'd probably be a bit afraid from what I'd seen online if that makes sense um and I know it's not a scary process 
at all from doing it myself it's really not and you tend to find that if you can provide everything you need to provide it, it can be really straightforward and people are really supportive and actually super excited for you I don't know about you with your clients but I'm sure you get so excited for them that they're getting their dream homes I love it honestly they are there with the party poppers <laughs> yeah I think it's yeah. amazing but so something that we do have to talk about which I feel like it would be wrong of us not to talk about in this as I was saying kind of being afraid of mortgages the risk involved because as you said this is the biggest financial responsibility you would probably take on in your life and actually first-time buyers you're still I mean we say young what what would you say the average first-time buyer is late 20s there is no age there's no age limit whatsoever mortgages no no discrimination um so whatever age you are you can I mean of course up until x x age I'm 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 leaning into it there and of course your term does depend on your age but in terms of being a first-time buyer as long as you haven't owned a property before wherever yeah then you are deemed a first-time buyer and that's okay. the general, and the general, so, yeah. Yeah, so the responsibility and risk of taking on a mortgage, I feel like there's something I'd like to discuss, but in a way that, in a very practical way, because you've got to, you've got to be aware of the risks. Of course, I mean, number one is it's mostly your credit. So, and that comes with choosing the right person to write your mortgage and kind of give you that advice. Um, right sort of, again, touching on saving you as a client time. Uh, Going to a broker, you will be able to assess all the deals before clicking that credit uh, search button. Whereas if you do all of the work yourself and you're going to all these different banks and you're walking into Halifax and then you're calling up TSB and then you're doing an online search with Nationwide, you are going to rack up all these credit searches. And especially if you have X amount of loans already outstanding, it's something very, very much to be mindful of because you don't want to make your credit appear poor because upon application, upon agreement in principle, these lenders will assess these um, your credit files. Uh, some use different credit files like Experian or Equifax. Some, some use both, some use yeah. alternative. Um, but you do need to be mindful. And again, like, like you say, it's like being at school. You've got to be on your best behavior, you know? Exactly, exactly. Um, what we also need to look at is uh, bank statements and something that's become quite um, quite a bit of, quite funny to advisors because we see it and on TikTok now or like on social media, um, you see a lot yeah. of brokers talking about um, how bank statements appear to lenders. And it's so true because previously, sometimes you get clients and you see friends like transferring I'm guilty of it or I've been guilty of it where you send like yeah. silly little messages because you're in a silly little mood. Um, yes. But sometimes I've seen people say things like drug money, you know? And it's like, hold yeah. on a minute, okay. I, I really, I love that you took a second there to choose which one you were going to go for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was the safest I one. love that. That was the yes, safest that was, that was tame. Yeah, Very tame. tame. Mm. So, <laughs> would have had to beat do- me out. Yeah, we would have bleeped the whole thing. But does that then affect you getting a mortgage? Or is it more just one of those like best practices, like probably don't do that kind of things? I mean, don't do it, to be honest, because it just, it doesn't look good, right? They're not necessarily going to stop you. But if it's a repeated 
sort of incident and it's not just a one-off from Lucy Smith down the road that says thanks for the drugs or whatever (laughs) and it's actually kind of like a repeated incident and it's not just an isolated incident and then they would sort of flag it up to be honest they might even flag it up on the single uh, time just to be sort of safe because at the end of the day these these are big time banks you know they're not going to just loan to someone who's I don't know because they have so so many anti-money laundering and there's so many regulations that are sort of in place at the moment and will be for the foreseeable of course Mm. um it's just honestly I would just advise totally against it and to be honest if you could outweight it I would recommend if your friend has sent it to you now wait three months and then just start searching because if you you just don't want the questions because you might then have to go through a fraud check you might have to go through do you need the stress I don't need the stress no that is just stress you do not need okay okay well I feel like if people listening kind of at the start of their journey have never had a mortgage before I feel like we've probably given them a pretty broad outline wouldn't you say can you think of any gaps I feel like if I'd never had a mortgage before and I'd listened to this I'd probably be like okay I can't I know where I'm going with this I have direction well I hope so too um I feel as though the the main thing that I need to get across um most importantly is that getting a mortgage is amazing and it is a brilliant brilliant investment I am I'm not an investment advisor I can't I can't recommend anything else to be fair um but everyone knows that getting a home makes you feel like the king of the castle and it is what a lot of um people in Britain aspire to do it's it's one of those things that you want to do in life Um, however the the main thing that we need to get across as advisors and regardless of whether you use me whether you use your bank whoever you decide to go with they will make you aware that the main thing is if you do not keep up with your repayments albeit capital in capital and interest or interest only, your home could be repossessed. And we don't need that. So always speak to your advisor if you're getting in any financial trouble or if there's any issues, you're not gonna make it that month, speak to your advisor and they'll point you in the direction of their bank or help you out and just, they'll take it from there. But that's that's a big, big important thing. Yeah, definitely being aware of that. Well, talking kind of advisors, where can people find you, Ellie? My Instagram is uh, mortgages.by.ellie. Mortgages is spelt M-O-R-T-G-A-G-E-S. It took me probably 18 years to learn that and that's okay. But that is fine. I wouldn't have known that until I started looking. If I'm being completely I know, honest. Not, not a lot of people do know that and that, that's fine. But honestly, it wasn't until I actually probably became an adult that I realised there's a mortgage what's that um but no I am at mortgages.by.le I'm on Instagram um I post on there I do sort of stories um sometimes I I kind of do like little like videos of like clips and, and what's going on but to be honest the best part is is that it's got all of my information on there if you want to dm me you can if you want to email me you can if you want to call me, you can, but no prank calls, that's fine. Uh, but I'm more than happy to, to answer any questions, even if it's just the roadmap of, of what sort of what you need to do rather than you need to do this now. Perfect. Well, 
for anyone listening, if you've kind of listened to this and you have questions or there's things you'd love us to go into more, drop a DM over on the Welcome Home Instagram. I'm sure Ellie and I can hop back on and have another chat. It's something that we could both talk about for hours because there is so much to talk about when it comes to mortgages. Um, but thank you so much, Ellie, for your time and for just, I guess, educating us because that's what this is. Thank you. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to talk about your remortgage, Emily. <laughs> we'll get there one day. Amazing. One day. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Bye.